Okay, uh, just before we get started, I just want to make mention that normally I would put the audio of the trailer of the movie at the start of the episode here for the movie talk episode thing, whatever. Uh, not going to happen this time because the first trailer is short and not great, and the second trailer is also uh, not great. There's also like barely any dialogue in the second trailer, so... We're just going to do this without the trailer audio this time. You'll hear it later on, but, you know, still. Yeah. Enjoy the movie talk thing, whatever it is. After Skype updated so badly that we had to move everything to Discord... It's movie night, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Uh, th- th- this is the show that we do. Welcome. Hi, everyone. We do do a show every now and then. That's just true. We do. This is indeed a thing we do. Hello there. Best of you. So, yeah. Hi, diddly ho, diddly. We have a movie to talk about here, and uh, might have heard of it. Might have seen it. Might have probably seen it more than once. I've, admittedly, I've only seen it the once. You were the one who was crazy and decided <laughs> to be thorough and see it in multiple different ways to possibly see it. Yes, yes, I did because we are here to talk about, uh, as of this recording, the number one movie in the world, or at least in the U.S., Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Don't tell that to apparently. Okay, can can you explain to me about the Idris Elba thing? Apparently, he had a movie he was starring in that also came out the same weekend as Super, and uh, Super he didn't do it. as well. Yeah, and w- is he like salty about it? Is that what's happening? I mean, okay, I mean, he made okay, I mean, he made a tweet about like supporting it, so it'll be the number one movie, and it's just like. Kind of funny. So basically, just all the Dragon Ball fans are ratioing him in the quote retweets. Got it. Yeah. To be fair, there's a better interest Ella movie coming out uh, relatively soon. 3,000 Years of Longing. It oh. does look good. Oh, yeah. That was cool. I mean,. It's Idris Elba and Tilda Swinton as directed by George Miller. That's just... Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, look, I can't duck on Idris Elba. It's, it's Idris Elba, but that's so pretty funny to me. It is Idris Elba, so it's like, I can't be too bad, but it's, it is at least a little amusing. Yeah. So, I'll say this. Usually when I go see movies, the, usually with movies, the story is just hey, Steph and I went to the movies and we went somewhere local and that's all she wrote. This time I actually do have a bit of a story about my movie-going experience in particular because it was Jet's birthday this week and Steph and I decided, hey, it'd be cool if you came up and spend the night. We could get you, we could make you some dinner, we could hang out a little bit, show you around the area. Might be fun. And it also co- coincidentally coincided with the release of Dragon Ball Super Superhero. 
So it's like, come up, spend the night, spend the weekend or whatever, spend the night, and we could go see Dragon Ball in my neck of the woods. And we did. Yeah, that was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. I'm also very happy that I actually had a serviceable movie experience at this local theater I went to. Because I've only gone to this theater one other time before. And the one time I did, our power went out, so I never actually got to watch everything everywhere all at once. Oh. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thankfully, uh, I got to help him rectify that situation. Yeah, he surprised me with like, oh, yeah, I brought a little uh, surprise for you guys. And then he had a a copy on Blu-ray, and then I watched that with him the next day so i've finally seen everything everywhere all at once and i gotta say that's a fucking good movie yeah it's very good it's a movie i actually went and saw three times in theaters twice by myself once with family and one of those two times by myself was in imax which uh was fun nice Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. We, we like to go see movies, this is what we're trying to say, which uh, I'll just throw this out here. Uh, Inuo came out in theaters. That was probably Masaki Yuasa's best movie. Uh, Bell hit HBO Max. That's probably Mama the Host of this best movie. They're very good. I like them. I'm very curious to find out whether I agree with either of those statements in the future. The the, the the short of it is, what if Mamoru Hosoda made a 90s Disney Renaissance movie? If you would like to know the thoughts and opinions of several other people from the Dub Talk podcast and their thoughts on the movie and the English dub, uh, by the time this is released, the finale of Season 6 of Dub Talk Summer at the Movie series has just been released, and it's uh, Noah... Megan and Gigi covering Bell. If you want to segue that, which yeah. I did. That's that. Cool. Very cool. But yeah, we are here to talk about uh, a more recent film, Dragon Ball Super Superhero, as we mentioned. A movie that consensus is it's very fun. Might not be super groundbreaking, but it's very fun. Don't let it go to your head! Who are you, and what do you want? An old-fashioned superhero, fulfilling orders in the name of justice. Piccolo! That was an underwhelming performance. I was expecting a lot more out of you. The return of the Red Ribbon Army is near! (laughs) This world needs a hero. I just picked up some new intel on who the villains are. Gohan. It's do or die time, so draw out all of your strength. Okay then, guess it's my turn! Oh, holy crap! Listen closely. 
You have the potential to become the most powerful being on Earth. You need to believe in yourself and unleash that power. It's do or die time. So draw out all your strength and use it to protect your world and everyone in it. I think this movie had a big thing going against it from the conception. And also the fact that it was basically the next movie after to follow up Broly, which is legitimately the best the Dragon Ball <laughs> anime series has ever looked and probably ever will look. So following that up with the phrase CG anime movie is going to make people sweat and tug at their collar. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, to be fair, Toei has been uh, one of these studios that has generally been pretty uh, reliable with 3D TV productions. They've definitely tried their hand at it before. And they've, put, and they've put out some, like, decent results in the past, but... Chet, you say that, you say that, but you also say that as somebody... Who knows what the fuck they're talking about and knows how to do research and isn't just somebody who sees a CG anime, has only seen like five to ten shows and listened to angry people on the internet tell them how to feel about things. Okay, that is fair. So yeah, when the the common consensus of Dragon Ball fandom saw CG, everybody kind of was the equivalent of... Uh, what was the best way to put this? Um, howler monkeys screaming and flinging their shit everywhere. Yeah. Okay, to t- t- to be fair, when that first trailer was released, those first images came out. We were a bit skeptical too. Yeah. I'm not going to say yeah. I wasn't skeptical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say I thought it looked great, but like that first trailer really was just kind of a very proof of concept thing. Uh, which, to be fair, which, to be fair, the first teaser of Broly was also that, so. It's true, it's true, and I, I won't deny that, but it's just, there were people that just assumed CG equal bad, and I feel like we kind of need to start moving past CG equal bad as far as anime productions go. Yeah. Because they really have gotten a lot better visually and aesthetically. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I mean, and in regards to this one in particular, I would actually put this among the best 3D CD anime productions I've seen. Ever. It was <laughs> pretty strong, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, I was kind of impressed. We had skepticism based on what we saw in, in the the build up to it, but in 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 its final product delivery, yes, it's good. It's not super terrible, but it's also not super amazing. It's just kind of in the middle, leaning more to the positive. I I would do, I would disagree with you. I would actually say I thought it looked. Okay, like, there were a couple of scenes that, you know, had a little bit of the 3D CG anime tag, but for the most part, I thought it looked really good, like, consistently. I was surprised. I'd honestly say the biggest thing against the film visually is probably just how hard it went on After Effects. Mm, Yeah, but also, I I would challenge the label of 
this being 3D CG and say it's more like 2D CG. Because there are a lot of 2D elements that are just sort of being overlaid on 3D structures. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. You know what this? Okay, you know what this feels like. It feels very much like someone made an art systems game into an anime, like a blast blue or like a blast blue or something. I I was I would say that it's this movie still does not look aesthetically as good as Fighters does. Let, let's just get that out of the way. But it's not half bad. Not half bad. What I do want to talk about is what this movie actually is. Because what this movie actually is, is very surprising in a couple of ways. Well, I saw it with a co-worker and some of their friends that admittedly I didn't know. Uh, nice IMAX screen. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll admit, I just saw a regular presentation. I didn't actually see the IMAX. I was honestly surprised at how small the turnout was. For uh, it being, like, the Thursday it came out. I feel like... Okay, here's the thing. I think there was a small turnout, but the reason for that is not that people weren't seeing it, is that they made this the most readily available anime screening I've seen in a long time. This played in over 3,000 theaters to over 4,000 screens, or close to 4,000 screens. The largest rollout for an anime film ever here in the country. And yet it was still excluded from AMC's A-list membership for some stupid reason. Yeah, that is really dumb, yeah. Garbage! This is not Phantom Events. This is Sony handling it. Oh, by the way, amusing thing. Uh, wait, waiting list for Movie Pass opens up in like a day. Oh yeah, that thing is coming back. Hopefully, they won't promote <laughs> another terrible John Travolta mafia movie. Oh, you talking about? Uh, oh God, what the fuck is that called? I it's know what you're talking Gaudi, about. Gotti, the movie they don't want you to see, or something like that. Yeah. Well, then mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh. Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on what the fuck I was going to say next. Uh, uh, you pondered what you were going to say while I go ahead and talk. So, um, I did something kind of stupid. I saw the news that uh, the owners of Regal were planning to, are planning to file for bankruptcy in a couple weeks. Rip. And since there's a Regal around the corner from my house, I figured, you know what? I'll go see it again. So my first screening was just a casual AMC screening, which I had to pay $16 for. Whatever. Then I went to the Regal Theaters for $25. I saw it in the only 4DX theater in the entire state. Wow. There was a rowdy crowd, and it was a very wild experience. The 4DX gimmick only really works for certain movies this one is perfect for it you have seats shaking and knocking you all around there's you know water springing in your on on your body there's like a smoke fog that comes up from the bottom of the screen it's really cool but i i wouldn't recommend it for everything had a good rowdy crowd there though was very fun 
And then I saw it again in the IMAX theater in the same Regal for uh, $22, where I actually took handwritten notes on the movie to uh, recite during our discussion here. So in total, I spent over $60 to see this movie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It was, um... Yeah. What's your level of commitment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, um, if it wasn't excluded from A-List, I would go see it again in an AMC theater where I don't have to pay for it. But who knows? It was like that with Broly, too. And I think, like, uh, after a couple of weeks, they finally put it in the membership. So, you know, whatever. I admittedly only had to pay around, like, five, six bucks because I went to go see it at the most local Cinemark uh, and I'm a member of, like, their movie club oh, thing. Yeah. They give you, like, a ticket a month, and uh, I only had to pay, like, the IMAX upcharge. Yeah. Regal has a similar membership to AMC, where you pay so-and-so a month, you get to see, like, so-and-so amount of movies, but they upcharge you for the premium screens, which AMC does not. Yeah. If I'm paying 25 bucks a month, don't charge me $3 more for an IMAX screening. That's all I'm saying. It is nice to be able to see, like, the Dolby Cinema stuff at AMC yeah. for no extra money. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, those were our uh, thoughts on our screenings. There were um, various levels of fun. <laughs> yeah. Also, one last thing. Just This is just a total nitpick. The AMC screening I went to started on time. Both Regal screenings started at least seven minutes late. No reason why. And also, uh, Sony tacked on a trailer for this movie, a trailer for a movie that comes out this weekend, The Invitation. It looks awful. It looks so bad. Oh, you saw the vampire trailer too? Uh, I see that at least the last three or four movies I went to. It looks awful and they're not doing press screenings for it so that should be a bad sign hmm woof 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 yeah so Andrew did you finally get that thought you were chasing yes and it kind of goes into a little bit of starting about actually talking about watching the movie man I am never ever going to adjust to seeing the crunchy roll uh, production card in front yeah. of a Dragon Ball movie. It is a little weird. <laughs> it's so uncanny, and it actually makes me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> no, oh, that reminds me. One other thing. This is more broad scope in terms of the movie's rollout, um, and it just relates to what Masako X was talking about on his YouTube channel when he was talking about the movie. We have to go back a bit to the year 2009, when a movie was released by both Toei and 20th Century Fox called Dragon Ball Evolution. It was a movie about this kid named Justin who's in high school and gets picked on and he has really greasy hair and he likes this girl named Jamie and for one reason or another, his grandfather dies and on his birthday, no less, and they have to go after these like lizard orbs or something and James Marsters is in the movie he's really good but the, the script is just terrible but uh, yeah we all know about that movie 
But one of the ramifications of that movie's release is that there was a distribution deal impact for future Dragon Ball-related movies between Toei and 20th Century Fox, which they handled for Battle of Gods, Resurrection F, and Super Broly, at least in Japan and other regions. This time, however, Toei handled everything on their own. By which I mean they, they are basically handling everything in Japan on their own and relying on basically Crunchyroll to do everything elsewhere. This has not had as much of a wide release in other markets as uh, we have been uh, rewarded with, which is a bit of a problem. That is unfortunate. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that this also had an effect with its release in Japan since... Toei does not have as much of a much pull, I guess, for theatrical, you know, exclusivity deals or whatever, like 20th Century Fox did, considering uh, the state of 20th Century Fox post-2019 and what happened with that. Obviously, Dragon Ball did not come with the deal to Disney, so uh, I'm sure there were some people happy about that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure Disney would have handled distribution a lot better, that's all I'm saying, but let, let's just let's be glad that we have one giant mega corporation over the other in this case. Uh, uh, I mean, I can I mean, okay. I mean, I would say the less power the bounce has, the better. But I mean, uh, I I mean, but I certainly prefer them to whatever wars attempting to do right now. God, that is, I, I I'm not even going into that, but. Yeah. Everything about that is the worst it's ever been. Uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I actually, I mean, I actually had a joke ready for the intro, but I, I didn't have the opportunity to pull it. Oh, go for it now! It's as good as any. Yeah, uh, that is pretty much the bit of Warner Brothers right now. <sighs> <sighs> Yeah. So, should we talk about what actually goes on? Yes, we're 20 minutes and we may as well talk about the movie now. So, um, they made this very open to newcomers who might not be super familiar with all the uh, backstory details, but it's a pretty fantastic 2D catch-up sequence, which looks uh, very good. They uh, That whole opening sequence actually looked actually really good. Yeah, was, uh, was pretty yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure some of that was... 3D as well, but it, yeah, I think it, was it, it hit it way well. Yeah, like like I said, 2D CG. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I think is notable about the setup for this movie is that this is this is not only just dependent on your knowledge of Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super. This is actually dependent on you knowing Dragon Ball. Yeah, early Dragon Ball, which Toei has not acknowledged in the last uh, 10, 20 years or so, I would it's, say. It, it's been a long time. I think that new-ish Dragon Ball movie was like 1997? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, basically Toei has... I spent the last 20 years or so pretending anything before the Sand Saga just did not happen. <laughs> Which is pretty wild yeah. to see it be actively acknowledged and 
pretty, very heavily referenced. Considering the bulk of the backstreet relies on the Red Ribbon Army. And the relationships of the new modern-day Red Ribbon Army. A.K.A. the quote-unquote Red Pharmaceutical Company, which, um... Which is a good front. <laughs> a good front for crime is to use pharmaceuticals. That's a good modernization. They never of it. notice. Uh, yeah, to which, uh, if there is, uh, one, yeah, uh, if I have one, uh, okay, I don't know if it's a minor complaint, but one thing I saw that was kind of like, eh, I wish I didn't do this. Uh, during the eight Red Ribbon Army flashbacks, um, they use the uh, not updated design for Colonel Black, which, uh, uh, why would yeah. you do that? All so, happens uh, die hard, huh, Toei? Well, we'll actually go into that for one thing I'll mention in a bit. But yeah, they old Toriyama Black people designs were not great, which was very nice that this movie had a actually good black character design yeah that was fine it only took 35 years but sure yeah like she she was pan's teacher she had an afro and she was cute i was also like 90 percent sure that was danny chambers too but yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure yeah mm-hmm. yeah um to note in the first act of the movie the intro exposition sequence is kind of slow, but I guess we need that time to establish our uh, quote-unquote main villains, namely Magenta of the quote-unquote Red Pharmaceutical Company, voiced by uh, Mario, Luigi, and Wario himself, Charles Martinet, which is still amazing. It's amazing, and if I had to specifically describe the particular voice he uses, it's basically what if Mario... What if Wario... It's not Mario. It's specifically, what if Wario was a mob... was an Italian mobster? <laughs> yep, that, that that seems um fairly fitting. But yeah, it's Magenta. Magenta, who is the son of uh, Commander Red. And apparently, this was something I missed, but I got this from the TFS... Uh, review of it the the son of both commander red and colonel violet colonel violet was one of the officers of the original red ribbon army in dragon ball oh uh, yeah i uh, am yeah, uh, it's funny uh he was the one who literally just like bounced once goku started destroying the red ribbon army <laughs> oh, so I, I I must have read the the line graph wrong then because uh well look trying to write notes in a dark theater is more difficult than you think. Okay, as, okay, okay, okay. To be fair, like when I saw it in theaters, it did look like uh the new uh, android from Fighters Z. Was. No, okay, here's here's where we're getting our facts confused. What I'm talking about was the brief family picture on Magenta's desk. What you're referring to is the family line graph for Giroux. Because Colonel... Because Re- Commander Red and Dr. Giroux are two different trees. So Commander Red, you get his son, which is Magenta, who is the big, bad, 
and the head of the Red Ribbon Pharmaceutical Company. What we're talking about is Dr. Giraud's family lineage, which Dr. Giraud had his wife. His wife, Vola, who is who Android 21 is based off of. And we found out, definitively confirmed, of one of his sons is based off, was the basis for Android 16. But apparently in that graph, he has two sons, actually, or he had two kids. They don't show the picture of the second kid, but he had two kids, which mean not only did Jero get a fucking hot-ass bitch of a wife, but he double-tapped twice. I didn't even think... I didn't even think he had it in him, but God damn it, have you seen her? Yeah, uh... You would, too. Uh, honestly, the more surprising thing... Well, okay, well, no, the Jero's thing is surprising, but the actual surprising thing is that Colonel Red uh, played with violence specifically. Yeah, that is fun. Yeah, so, uh, so, uh, yes. uh, because again, I watched. Uh, I've been watching early Dragon Ball over this year. It is funny that he literally just like saw Goku just went over an army. He just literally took all the money from Red and left. <laughs> yep, that's how divorce typically works. But yes, yeah, so it's it's Jiro and Vomi who had two kids. The unnamed kid had his son. Dr. Hedo, who is the other antagonist who shares in Jero's mad scientist skills, who seems to actually be a bit of a fan of, like, superhero comics and shit, Mm -hmm. but he also has a pretty shitty temperament and a bit of an attitude, and also may or may not have his own questionable scientific ethics. <laughs> like raising the dead to work at a convenience store to make money for your funding, which is very funny. He also, when he got out of jail, immediately chucked a fucking grenade at his old cellmate. <laughs> and also really, 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 really likes Oreo cookies and is also 24 years old. So the, the the thing about him being 24 years old is really funny because now we can talk about Zach Aguilar, which I have a pretty good idea of like Zach Aguilar's range, but even I was still pretty surprised to hear Zach Aguilar because I don't know how to describe it. He sounded early on really reminiscent to Josh Greeley. Uh, yeah, it was honestly hard to tell with him early on. Yeah, it's a way higher pitched voice than I usually am used to, but then it kind of goes into a little bit of his Ota from I, the Somnium Files, and a little bit of his uh, Koichi Hirasei from Diamond is Unbreakable. And he is has a scientific curiosity but doesn't have a real drive for evil. Which is where Magenta's scheme comes in, which is basically... (laughs) uh, Basically to tell him that the good guys are actually the bad guys, aliens exist, QAnon is real, and we need to save the world from the richest conglomerate in the world who is secretly 
harboring aliens and trying to use those aliens to take over society and topple the entire world as we know it. So we have to be the heroes to save the whole world from the great lizard alien conspiracy. Nothing like some gaslighting between family members, am I right? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think, I, mean, I, will, I mean, I will admit the way he wrote, the way he, like, got that whole conspiracy thing was pretty funny. <laughs> it was very funny, especially seeing those shots of, like, Bulma's evil army <laughs> and you have the menacing evil looking Tien Yamcha <laughs> with like Bulma holding her hands out like she's a fucking evil wizard <laughs> which, uh, which is really really funny yeah. to note uh, Satan is still a fraud and there's an interesting quote from uh, this little this little Hedo guy here sounds like a bad anime which yes it does uh, props to Jared Greed for writing the script on this he does some really good stuff mm. also just because I don't know when to really bring him up um, Magenta's right hand man is a guy named Carmine who has a fantastic evil looking pompadour and also loves to make his own YouTube videos <laughs> which might explain which might explain um, both his and Magenta's um, a fit a fit um, affinity, affinity for spreading misinformation and conspiracy theories. Mm. Uh. He's also voiced by Jason Marnocha, who you'll know as uh, Gensaku Nambu in Megalobox, just to name my personal favorite of his. Mm-hmm. But he's also uh, Megatron in a, a number of newer Transformers projects. Yeah. Yeah, all this takes place during uh, a pretty lengthy car ride where we see a rather slow driver, which we'll get back to her later, which makes uh, this really fancy car just swoop on through before uh, we get a bit of a spin out, which let me tell you, if you're in a moving seat during that scene, you're going to be rocking and rolling all over the place. You better be ready for it. Oh, that's rough. They actually had it move with the movie. There's a lot of moving with these 40X theaters. It's it's wild. Oh, that's wild. Also, uh, I also wanted to shout out, I love the fucking found footage camera <laughs> of, of Trunks killing Frieza. Like, in the way where it's like, this is some guy hidden in the corner, but this is what Frieza getting killed in real time actually looks like. It never gets old. Mm. It's I like it. It always looked cool in the anime, but it looked cool because we had anime perspective. This is like hiker with a fucking shaky cam, like he's in a fucking J.J. Abrams found footage movie kind of <laughs> shit. Which was a great, great bit of of universal world building there. But yeah, basically they established. Um, that aliens are real. Bulma is leading a global conspiracy. We need we we're not asking you to do evil. We're asking you to do good because we're the good guys. So we need you to build us some kick-ass androids to save the world. That that's what we're going for. Don't worry about it. Have some Oreos. We'll, we got the Oreo guy in on this conspiracy too. We got the my pillow guy too. If you want to get a, a pillow. <sighs> <sighs> You had to go there, didn't you? I I had to go a little topical. But 
we, we could at least now move on to something a little more wholesome. Yes, we get to see our first introduction in this particular universe, in timeline anyway, of Pan. Oh my god. She's three years old and she's only getting stronger, but she can't quite fly just yet. Oh my god. If there is something I walked away from this movie is that the current direction they are putting Pan on in Super is perfect. Mm -hmm. Not only is that perfect, but Piccolo has grown as a mentor and as a caregiver. (laughs) And nothing in this movie put a bigger smile on my face than seeing Piccolo and Pan interacting <laughs> with each other. Yeah, yeah, that was very that was very cute. It was as adorable as it gets, and it's like Piccolo has developed without like he he's not like a doting parent or anymore. Is that his training methods have just evolved where it's that he he like knocks Pan into the rock and it's, he's, instead of being like, oh my god, oh my god, I hurt her. Oh my god, are you okay? It's like, are you alright? And then she's like, yeah, I'm okay. Alright, good. <laughs> yes. all right, you're, you're getting pretty good at this, kid. Domesticated Piccolo is the climax of his character development that we have seen over the last um, X amount of years, depending on where you live. Okay, I mean, he's come a long, he's come a long way for the last four-year-old he trained. I mean, that one he just made crack recently. <laughs> yeah, so... I would like to say, I, I was joking about this with Ch- with Jet. The planning stages for this movie is that somebody wrote on a whiteboard the name Piccolo. And then a second person grabbed a marker and wrote next to Piccolo, Grandpa. And then everybody was like, holy fucking shit, we got a movie! Ugh. <laughs> uh. I, I'm being a little hyperbolic, but yeah. But l- let's let's establish facts here. Piccolo is the second main character of this movie. As, oh no, oh I no, he, disagree. Oh no, he, he is the main character. I disagree completely. Don't, sorry, Piccolo go, is the star of this movie. Is it, yeah, this is his movie. Yeah, this is Piccolo's 100%. movie. Hundred percent. Gohan is just Gohan is kind of playing uh, second banana because you know you gotta have a stand in here. Go on. <laughs> Is indeed important to this movie. That's fair, but uh, but, sure. but I I am of the stance. This is Piccolo's movie, one hundred percent. And honestly, what a bold choice that was, and one I actively appreciate. Yeah. So, as far as Piccolo's development as a character, he has a house now. He has. A cell phone? Yeah, specifically an iPhone with a cat case on it, which he holds in a really weird way. I don't know if that's part of his deal, was his weird grip or whatever, but... Yeah, I don't think it's alien-related. I think it's just that he's, like, a, he's like boomering it up and he doesn't understand technology. And I love the fact that, like, both Piccolo... That, that Gohan... And Videl. Videl especially, because it's like, she didn't really know Piccolo. But she is now on a comfortable, 
like supportive grandparents helping out with the kids thing which i like the fact that they added that she she has like a training that she herself has her own like uh martial arts class that she that she does on the side that she had a tournament coming up i'm like it's a nice little mm-hmm. detail nice little detail and that they pay him in uh they don't they try to pay him in food but he's like i only drink water he's <laughs> like okay we'll uh We'll get you more of those cat plushies we know you like. And then you see he's got, like, a pile of, like, 12. You hear him muttering, but one was too many. It's... No, it's uh, not. It's never, it's never too many. What a... What a good, good choice. And then he, he doesn't mind helping out with Pan, but he's also gonna yell at Gohan yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Before we get there, I just have a couple more things in my notes. Uh, Pan's shirt said uh, GTH on it. So is someone on Toei a fan, a fan of Sammy Guevara from AEW or something? Mm-mm. I wanted to mention that. Also, Pan runs like the Roadrunner. Oh, yeah, that was very fun. No, no, no. She doesn't just run like the Roadrunner. She runs like a Rayleigh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They basically... I, I, Pan as she is right now is a combination of early Dragon Ball Goku and Aureli, which is fucking perfect. <laughs> uh, truly, uh, I'm in love with it. Okay, yeah, that that's fair, and yeah, um, so. Her father, Gohan, he just happens to have a mansion for a home, you know, no big deal. As he does, you know. Yet he's only in one particular spot every time we see him. Okay, okay, I, I mean, okay, I mean, to be fair, he did marry somebody, so that probably explains that. True, and I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> been using some uh, real truths in terms of well, just, a, just a teensy bit of blackmail with that family. Yeah. A little. I feel like he and Goku never had the blackmail. They just had the strength, and Satan got really intimidated and tried to hush them up. And then both Goku and Gohan are like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so Piccolo yells at him where it's like, you know, you can take care of your own kid too, right? And then it turns out just Gohan's just been really busy He's been doing a very important research paper on the chimera ants. I mean, a, a special kind of ants that can turn gold, yeah. kind of like the Super Saiyan. Two notes. I, I will quote from one Anthony Damasio. I think it's Damasco. Damasco. I'm terrible with names. Personal takeaway from the movie, Gohan studies ants. Fudo, from Love Have the World Domination, literally wrote an entire book about them. I mentioned in Q&A so my inspiration for portraying him was Adult Gohan. So this movie transcends self-affirmation for me. Seems I made the right choice. Yeah, that that was pretty awesome to see that come around full circle, which, you know what? Fudo's a good one. Fudo's, Fudo's a good boy. And Adult Gohan, as a researcher and family man, is also a very good yeah. aesthetic. But but to note, to note, he is still very much a dweeb. And Piccolo's getting tired of just the dweebness, and honestly, I think a lot of us are. I don't mind him being a dweeb and family man, but I feel like 
they haven't found like the best balance of him being a fight a fighter protector while also being a dweeby dad. Considering the green tracksuit incident from a few years ago. Yeah, oh god, he he looked pretty bad in that. Jobbed out like a ugh. Even before Piccolo puts him in his old garb again, he looks way better. Mm-hmm. I, I like I like the sort of like messy Saiyan hair he had going for him. They, they, they finally learned how to the design them without being super lanky skinny for once, which is great. And yes, I know term into power, I know, but um another thing to know, considering this is a pretty uh divisive topic in the uh fandom discourse. No, Piccolo is not Gohan's dad. He's his stepdad. I I yes, we're not going into the whole goat. Okay, how do I describe this? I, I don't think they're going for the whole Goku is a bad dad angle okay, here. Okay, I but... mean, to be fair, okay, I mean, to be fair, that has been established as a thing. But mostly, okay, but mostly due to Super making a lot of really terrible jokes about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it, in general, this is just an actual movie to see Gohan and Piccolo, like, have a relationship with one another that for the most part isn't centered around the end of the world and isn't centered around Goku or the lack thereof. This is just, these are two adults now who are family, but also kind of equal, trying to help each other out and better each other. And I like that. Mm. It is nice. It is very nice. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I don't I, I don't think we've seen this much of a dynamic relationship between the characters at, at this level probably ever, which bring it on. Honestly, it really was kind of nice just getting to see how these characters interact and not have it center around Goku for once. And also not for the for most of the movie having it being like end of the world yeah. dire straits. That that was kind of done by design, which we'll get to later. Which I like that it's just a story that like there are stakes, but it's not like the world will end for the most part. We'll get yeah. to that. It, it's not it's it's not high stakes. But they are stakes. But it's not no stakes. It's it's intermediate stakes. It also doesn't kind of treat the stakes as a joke per se, which is nice because I feel like that's a pro- that was a good problem with a good amount of super. That's a, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that was the uh, that was, I would say that is the that was the specific death knell for Resurrected F and the reason I hated that movie. Uh... The stakes are either too high or too low, and th- they kind of have a poor way to balance that sometimes i feel this movie had a nice balance for the most part anyways um so piccolo gets a uh, jumped yes he gets jumped by a new android who just so happens to be wearing the red rubber insignia on his patch whoops Gamma 2, voiced by the wonderful Zeno Robinson. Oh, he is delightfully adventurous in this role. As, uh, yeah, I mean, others have said it, but like, without a doubt, the Gammas are like the best characters in this movie. <laughs> the Gammas are very, very fun. I also think it was absolutely a missed opportunity to not have Gohan geek out about superheroes with the Gammas. 
I mean, considering what happens later... I, I know, but fucking missed opportunity. I would have loved to see them geek out about superheroes. You know, given the theme of this movie, I am fairly uh, surprised that even just as a cameo shot or mention or something, Great Saiyaman had zero involved. No, that's fair. It's odd. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah it would have been a great opportunity to like make a few jokes about it. Especially with the fact that like it would have been cool to see Gohan see Gamma's 2's IRL comic book sound <laughs> effects. Yeah, yeah. Nice touch. I wonder how they managed to pull that off in-universe. I don't know. Yeah, holograms holograms and nanomachines, son. Sure, yeah. But yeah, Uh, they has fight, and it's a very good fight, but Gamma 2 doesn't quite get the job done when when he heads off, because, uh, yeah, you got to... You got to look for a body when you're uh, decimating an opponent, which uh, he, he didn't do. He he also doesn't realize that the Z fighters have quite learned a fancy little trick, which is hiding their power level so you could sneak on by. Yep, which uh, works well for Piccolo as he sneaks on by to find the uh, Red Ribbon Base of Commands, which is basically... As I said here in my notes, an autonomous phantom zone. Ah, just like it was in early Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> and also another uh, case of the Man of Steel rule. No big fights in populated areas ever again. Mm-hmm. Also, it's very fun to see Piccolo solid snake his way yes. around the base. We get to see him in an espionage mission. And he plays it up perfectly. He, he struggles, but he he does way better at it than you would expect. Which is basically learning about um, everything going on, the fact that these are new androids, and the fact that they also have a little something else cooking in the oven called Cell Mac. Uh, 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 yeah, I have to say the really fun thing about, like, Piccolo doing all his things, like, like, the fact that he even have more than him, like, trying to banter with, like, the other guards and stuff, is this, is this really wild Do you see Piccolo of all characters doing that sort of thing? <laughs> P- Piccolo is active, is an active participant in this movie, and the thing that's nice about Piccolo as a star in this movie is that he is doing things your Saiyan favorites would fucking never. Yeah, because he's got the smarts to pull it off. You think Goku could do a stealth mission? You think Vegeta wouldn't just blow shit up? No. I think not. Yeah. So uh, during this whole uh, explanation of events inside uh, the main base... We get introduced to Gamma One, the more serious straight man of the two. I like Gamma One, but it's very clear that he isn't as developed right now as his younger brother. And also, Gam- Gamma One is uh, voiced by Alex Lee. Yes. Operative words right now. Keep that in mind for later. Keep that in mind for later. Yes. But yes, um, yeah, and yeah, they're operating under the same pretense that 
they're the good guys, and all those other people, they're the real bad guys. I think it's also interesting to see during the scene, you can clearly tell that there is differing ideologies between Magenta and Hedo, Uh like, kind of right away, because he's very proud of his gammas and, like, the fact that they are cool and flashy and get the job done while also being like very cool like silver age comic book heroes and magenta's like i don't really give a shit i want brute strength i want results and i want the strongest freakiest looking kaiju motherfucker in a (laughs) test tube i can get and so we get the start of the build to the next villain coming back for a movie payday cell max Kind of, sort of, but also not really. We'll get to that. Yeah, 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 we know. But uh, I just have written down here. I forgot the context of when the line was said, but I just have written down here. The true power of Satan. My response. Ha! <laughs> you you desolate the, fools. I love the fact that in universe, these conspiracy nuts are still unsure if Mr. Satan actually is real talk or not, and the fact that they approach him like he is a genuine threat is really fun. You know what it kind of reminds me of? It reminds me, funny, funnily enough, of how they approach King in One Punch Man. It's a very similar method of humor and i appreciate it there and i especially appreciate it in the world of dragon okay, okay i mean okay i mean to be fair i mean hercule probably can throw away punch i'm not sure about king oh oh hercule can fucking throw down but <laughs> for sure um so yeah i think it's clear that cell max being known is what pushes piccolo to be proactive and to try and summon goku and vegeta back from their mission. And, as, and as we close out the first act of the movie, uh, Piccolo is back on call with Bulma to try and get some help, but as it turns out, Goku and Vegeta have been gone for three weeks! And now we segue to the B-plot that is nice and very much removed from the rest of the movie. As we enter Act 2, we get to see a fantastic return in the form of a Broly, and, you know, speaking of, I just want to mention one thing. You all might have heard of it recently, but, um, I think it's time for another roast of former accredited voice actor, permanent full-time uh, sex pest grifter, and legally defined pedophilic sexual predator, Vic Mignogna. Man, nothing really cements that he's really fucking done with both Broly and the new Full Metal Alchemist movie literally back Big to congrats back. to Caleb Yen getting the role of a lifetime. It's a shame that the movie itself isn't what I would call good, but it, it's still it's still a very, you know, round of applause. Ca- round of applause. Caleb's, a great a- Caleb's a great actor. If you want to hear him in another anime series where he plays a character with cybernetic limbs, uh, check out No Gun's Life. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, if you all haven't heard, and I'm pretty sure most of you have by now, I mentioned it in the start of last week's episode, this guy lost again. And I believe the, the total uh, payout we're up to 
considering appeals court said, uh, no, fuck you, get out, also pay Monica more money, we're probably up to over 400000 by now. Anyways, with that context, um, yeah, yeah, Johnny. Yeah. Vic's career is just permanently dead. It died at Anime Matsuri, and now this, this cements it, because he's not in this movie, but you know who is? Kara Edwards as Videl, Monica Rial as Bulma, and Johnny Youngbosch as Broly. Who maybe has, like, five lines? <laughs> yeah, yeah. True. Uh, yeah, True. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna be real. It was really funny to see to see Johnny Youngbosch voice Broly in this movie, and, you know, another duck on Vic, but I'm gonna be real. I feel, I feel like as a whole, like, the movie would have been better if the Goku and Vegeta stuff was just not in it at all. I, so, yes? I recall, well, I, it, I recall in an interview someone did who worked on the movie said this was meant to be a direct sequel or continuation of events from Super Broly, so that's, maybe that's why he's here. It is a very direct sequel, which I actually don't mind the developments of making this a direct sequel and also making this a small part of the movie. Yes. It, it feels like this level of... I still stand by... I, I want the Dragon Ball anime series to continue as movies and movies alone. So by making this clear that this one section of the movie is a direct sequel, this is fine. Broly is now training on Beerus' planet with Goku and Vegeta in tow yes. doing their own training. Two notes. Toei... Crunchyroll, Sony, whoever, Dragon Ball Super Broly, 4K Blu-ray release, Johnny Young Bosch's Broly. Make it happen! I'm honestly shocked it hasn't happened already. That's the only reason why I did not own that movie. I don't want that evil in my house. Anyways, uh... Yeah, I have a note in here, uh, because Whis shows up. Yes, Whis is still around, showing up Weiss to, uh... is always delightful and yes. always welcome. He, there's, a, there's a choice quote in here that he says to the guys... You're warriors, not bodybuilders. So, yeah, which was a fun little line. It's also, you, you get to see Vegeta taking some of his own mental training to heart, where he's kind of realizing, there's a nice little sequence where he realizes Jiren was not that much stronger than Goku or Vegeta were. They were about a similar level. The difference was that Jiren could go zero to a hundred effortlessly and without thinking. And that is something Vegeta absolutely struggles with and has been working to better himself on and has been like trying to train and prepare that more. And then Goku just has fucking Ultra Instinct and is like, lol, I don't know what's going on. I'm sure he's strong. And it's like, Goku, you... You know better, but the person writing you doesn't think you know better. Oh. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah. So, there's that whole nice little thing where Goku and Vegeta get a nice little sparring match. But before we talk more yeah, about we're that... we're not there yet. We're not there yet. The, the, the actual... The actual suggestion was to have it be Goku versus Vegeta versus Broly, which, uh, <laughs> nope. I think people couldn't handle that. And also, that would have taken away from this movie. Yeah, and also would have destroyed Beerus' planet. So instead, 
we get a suggestion that I wrote here, Goku versus Vegeta, but pure rules. We'll get to that in just a moment because we have more guests to talk about, like Lemo, who has himself a uh, fantastic skillet of shrimp scampi stir-fry, which is uh, uh, he fantastic. He manages... He managed okay, here's what it is. Um Limo successfully manages to quench um Lord Beerus's appetite, which as uh-huh. we know, he's a big eater, he's a heavy eater, and he enjoys good food. So Limo successfully managed to quench his appetite. And, and then, then we meet Chile, who in fact manages to quench his thirst. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I gotta say, <laughs> did not see that one coming. Yeah, the, the setup is that she's basically uh, ransacking a whole bunch of goodies out of out of the place, and when she turns around, Beerus gets the look of basically um, the tail goes up, and he basically gives the same response that uh, Thor did to Captain Marvel. I like this one. The good news is he didn't break her. No, no, no. It's not like that. It's like... Which, that's that's the work for the hentai artist. Uh, no, no. This is like a house cat. Finding someone nice and warm to cozy up to. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets character development in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that, was a, that was a very fun discovery learning. Oh, God, Beerus has a type. Yeah. And, um... Very next scene after that whole sequence of events, giant Bulma ass. Oh my god. Um, Seeing that on an IMAX screen, (laughs) boy oh boy. It just booty quaking as you're in your 40x scene where it's like her ass is just jiggling and you are like, I feel like I'm gonna die. They knew what they were doing. They do. So, so I literally joked at some point with Jet. Um, God, don't you watch? Bulma's gonna wish to make her ass bigger or something. <laughs> so, oh, on that subject, uh, Bulma can't reach uh, Goku and Vegeta because while Goku and Vegeta were having a very good sparring match, um. They broke into the fucking ice cream and they just threw a tub of ice cream on top of <laughs> Weezus's, uh staff phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, re- in regards to that, uh, Beerus actually is getting a lot uh, kinder because he says to Lem- Limo, don't worry about the dishes. Come out, come on over with us. We're going to watch the fight. Have some ice cream. Come on, go ahead. That would not have happened any other time. So, yeah, like I said character development for everybody and yeah in regards to uh the fight pure rules it is basically no destruction no blasting only blows and strikes just fist to fist martial arts yes the purest form but flying's around well, well yeah obviously but you know and uh yeah it is a very good fight the 40x experience is once again very um rough and wild but still fun and broly is in Deep, deep focus on this. He's not moving. He's not blinking. He's just completely enamored by this. He's seeing the love of martial art combat kind of for the first time, and it, it's moving him, which is really, really, really nice little development for him as well. 
Yeah. It's like a kid watching pro wrestling for the first time. You don't know what you're seeing, but you're just in awe. But he's awe. marking out. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, they're preoccupied in the B-plot away from this movie. <laughs> very much disconnected while... Uh, the, the the main plot is still very much ongoing with Piccolo deciding to pay a visit to uh, Bean Daddy. Unfortunately, Bean Daddy ran dry. There's only two beans left. But then they decided um, to go visit Little Green. Uh-huh. Um, apparently, then they can just upgrade Shenron. Like it's like it's a thing. Oh, oh yeah, uh, fun fact. Uh, that is actually a nod from that is actually a nod from early Dragon Ball because uh, Kami could originally do the same thing. Like the Eternal Draco was just like a statue that he could fix. I'm just gonna say right now, this movie is fucking packed with Dragon <laughs> Ball fan service. Of it is very the, much a fan service movie, which in you know multiple what? ways. We've gotten so much fucking Dragon Ball Z wanking off over the years. Let the Dragon Ball fans have something too. This is this was a very pleasant. I I honestly think that the best thing that like Dragon Ball Super and going forward has done is just like lean one hundred and twenty percent into its own bullshit. (laughs) Because I think the thing that's clear is that they are trying to find the balance of making it an action series like Z while also making it like a comedy like Dragon Ball, like Mm -hmm. comedy and character like Dragon Ball. And I got to say, they're not quite there yet. They're getting really close. They're getting really close. This movie is a good sign. They're getting close. Yeah. This is the most early Dragon Ball. Any Dragon Ball thing just felt like it ages, frankly. I, I can't like like Battle of Gods got close, but I feel like this has more of that aesthetic, and it's appreciated. But mm-hmm. it is also still modern Dragon Ball, so of course we gotta get a power up. Yeah, so we have to uh, gather the balls, which Bulma just so happens to have on hand at all times. I wonder why. Okay. I appreciate the addition that she literally has a stat she has like paid dragon ball finders on call whose job <laughs> it is to scour the earth and gather these dragon balls which they must be paid handsomely for that mm-hmm. so that's a fucking get to explore the world and get to like basically be a treasure hunter for like a rich billionaire they're they're figuring out how to do really good background world building they are they are that is nice it is. And so we get the summoning of Shenron, which is just, uh, yeah, we know what to expect. You who have, oh, oh hey, Piccolo, I haven't seen you in a while. What's up? Um, the fact that the, the dragon is actually on casual terms now with, like, the Z people is very funny. Uh, yeah, I, I'm also going to say, just as uh, an aside, like, okay, like, as far as these movies' visuals go, I was going to say, uh, the thing I was probably the most nervous with the 3D CG was oh god, how is the dragon going to look? And to my surprise, the dragon actually looks pretty good. Shenron looks like, good, like, yes. like, like, like the summoning sequence actually looked like really nice. I was surprised. The yeah. dragon looks better than the super dragon ball dragon. <laughs> yeah, That thing looks like shit. Alright, yeah, so here's the deal. Shenron, um, so here, here's what I need from you. Uh, the Grand Elder wants 
unleash the, the ultimate potential of Gohan and Krillin. Can you do that to me? Yeah, sure. No problem. Here you go. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, okay. I gave you some more power and a little bit extra. Yeah. Now, that is your first wish. What else do you want? I'm good. Bulba? Um... How about give me a little more cushion for the pushing? Give me little firmer, fatter cheeks, por favor. <laughs> Does gets get gets that? Your buns have been perked. And a couple more millimeters on the eyelashes, and everyone's like, okay, see you again in like a year. And then Piccolo's like, what the fuck? Are you making wishes that petty? Are you insane, woman? It's like, you just wished for more power. Shut your fucking uh, whore mouth. Oh, uh, yeah. And I appreciate <laughs> that, like, at the very end of the conversation, Piccolo realizes, like, oh, man, I could have just wished that Coco and Medina were here. <laughs> this is so good. You could have been for a few months. <laughs> That's so good. And they, like, I, yeah, they're not in this movie. Good for them. Yeah, so Piccolo is just totally despondent, like, okay, I'm going to go back to the Reverend Army base, see you in a little bit. This is peak Bulma. (laughs) This is peak Bulma. I love the fact that she is an active member of this cast, like, she has legitimately kind of been fantastic. Bulma is one of the characters that has evolved the most and the best with Dragon Ball Super. But yet has never strayed far from her original goals. She is still Bulma. She is still kind of petty and vain. She is just an older, wiser woman. (laughs) She's also not afraid of the powerful bullshit anymore. Like, she was, like, cowering in fear of Frieza now or whatever. But now she's just kind of besties with, like, gods and, like, the strongest deities in the universe. And then she's like... Yo, cool! I got a, I got a barbecue at five. Uh, y'all bring your best uh, potato salad. <laughs> so help me God, if you bring that cheap shit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they do not season their food. Ugh. Yeah. So back at the Reverend Army base, we now enter phase two of this grand uh, plan for a uh, world quote unquote salvation. Getting Gohan and Pan in their capture. Which Hedo is uh, basically going, whoa, 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 whoa. Kidnapping a kid? That's not heroic. Magenta, shut the fuck up. We're paying you a lot of money. Yeah, I like the fact that, like, Hedo and the Gammas are kind of both in agreement. Like, yo, yo, this this isn't right. What the fuck? That's not heroic. Why, Why are we kidnapping a kid? And that sucks. But then Piccolo is also kind of going along with it because he's he is light Yagami-ing all up in this bitch (laughs) and he's like oh if I get Gohan mad yeah he's going to push himself and unlock that hidden potential and save the day yeah and so uh Piccolo manages to uh finagle his way into the plan. And, uh, well, if you're wondering what would happen in a fight between Pan and a Reverend Grunt, it's a one-hit KO, Pan wins. I love that scene because it's basically as stranger danger as it gets 
But then it's like, don't mind me, ma'am. Yeah. Mr. Satan asked me to pick up his granddaughter, and I'm happy <laughs> to pick her up. And Pan knows something's up, knocks that motherfucker right out on his ass, out cold like a light. And then Piccolo walks in, giving her best Bobby Hill, so to speak. <laughs> That's my purse. I don't know you. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Of and course, then, of course, Pan. This is very important. Pan recognized Piccolo because she can sense his power, which uh, that will come up in just a moment. Also, P- mm. also Piccolo knows Pan's preschool teacher. Oh, hi, Janet. On a first name <laughs> basis. Hi, Janet. I domesticated Piccolo is the best. It's so good. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So here's the plan that Piccolo says to Pan. Get it, get it. Yeah. We're just going to play along. You're safe with me. Put these cups on. You can break out of them at any time, okay? Okay. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to pretend to be really scared. Call it out for your dad and all that I got a plan. Don't worry about it, baby girl. We're going to go out for ice cream after this is all done. And she's like, oh, that sounds like that sounds like fun. Okay. Don't worry. You're safe with me. This is just going to be like that one episode of Spy Family. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Now, uh, who went in the fight? Pan or Anya? Uh, there are variables. Pan... <laughs> considerable okay here's what it is Anya could potentially outsmart Pan the problem is Anya is very dumb (laughs) (laughs) so if she had time to prepare like she was Batman she would still fail the test because she's really bad at preparing ahead of time (laughs) so Pan that that was just a thought I had during the whole sequence which uh it's a good thought yeah so back into the ship they go with Piccolo barely able to control it with a quote here saying, I never got my license. Oh, uh, absolute. The best. That was a good joke. <laughs> absolute. They knew what they were doing. Genius. Like, yeah. God, I love funny Dragon Ball. Mm. I actually love funny Dragon Ball. And it's not just like... 80s pervy Roshi comedy. It's like actual good comedy, which is nice. I also love when that one red ribbon guy wakes up, pants going into, oh, I'm scared, let me go. And then he's just like, oh, hey, uh, don't mind me. I managed to uh, subdue her just fine. He's like, oh, you did? Um, uh, don't, don't tell anybody about that, okay? Uh, your secret's safe with me. Yeah, and off we go to find Gohan, which, uh, tap tap on the glass Gohan's going like are you guys lost can I help you like I don't want to call the police guy pulls up the phone are you gonna start talking now and then Gohan immediately after what did you do to my daughter you son of a bitch okay yeah the fucking left like I love how he like he literally pulls a gun on him and he just flicks it away and he's like can you please leave I got better things to do and he doesn't recognize Piccolo's there, too. Yeah. But then he pulls out Pan is in danger. Fucking loses it. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, partially levels the house, which uh, I don't know why. It just, like, randomly reminded me of, like, that one bit in Bordeaux where Sakura, like, destroys her house by accident, which was kind of funny. It does seem kind of similar, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<sighs> yeah, of course, uh, Pan is stuck in the uh, Red Ribbon Army uh, base of operations. Sees the thing of cookies, and the main guy is going, no, 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 these cookies are not for hostages. And Pan's just going, mm. And then she just pouts, like, oh, rude. Which is very funny. Uh. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we, we head off to uh, the base again, where it's now raining. And now it's time for another fight. This time, Gohan versus Gamma One, who is in the way of uh, getting his uh, daughter back into safety. Of course, Piccolo is still there, standing by, just sort of weaving the plan along, because he's very smart that way. I I love the fact that like the fights go- kind of going against Gohan's favor. So then he's like, "All right, Pan. Okay, here, here's what I gotta do." I'm going to lift you up by, like, your collar, and then you're going to look, like, really hurt. Like, I'm going to beat you up or something. And then that's going to set him off. And I love the the way they frame it. You can kind of tell they are faking it, but it's, like, (laughs) angled in a way where it's, like, if you saw it from afar, it would look legit. But they zoom in where it's, like, oh, it's this is, like, staged for a play right now. You can see she's, like... She's she's literally in the palm of his hands, too, by the way. She's, like, standing on his big hand while, like, the other one's kind of, like, he's, like, posing the fist next to her, looking like he's got her by the collar. And she's like, ee, ee, ee. But the interesting thing was Gamma was like, dude, what the fuck? Gamma, too, was like, what the fuck? Don't do that to the kid. And then Pickle's like, wait, what? But that's enough to get Gohan into a form we have not seen in a very, very long time. Mm. Mystic Gohan. Um, I'm d- define long time. Uh, I mean, a couple years. Uh, uh, Tournament of Power was a few years ago, so yeah. True, but you know, it, it, it's still nice to have when it does happen. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, so I forgot to use that Tournament of Power. Like, uh, he did. Uh, that was the whole thing. Uh, 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 legit, I forgot he was even there for some reason. Don't worry, so did Toei. <laughs> he was the team leader, technically. He was going to be the strategist. And then nobody ever did strategy. So, you know. Uh, anyways, enough shitting on that. Uh, Piccolo gets to fight Gamma 2. Yeah. And they do. They have a fantastic tag team battle, which involves Gohan hitting a uh, spiked DDT, which is always wonderful. Oh yeah, he does a fucking. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. You know, of course, there's a there's a big moment in the scene in the sequence where uh, they're talking about how long they can go on for, and uh, Game of One says, "My efficiency is at eighty two percent," which means he's probably running on like an iPhone thirteen Pro Max battery. Those things last for days. Yeah, I was like, oh damn, really. <laughs> and then, of course, Piccolo starts unrobes himself, and then starts fighting Gamma too. And then it's kind of like a nice, like back to back. It's like I don't want to do this. I know you don't want to do this. Yeah. And he's like, "These are my orders." It's like, but your orders are be- fed, being fed bullshit by somebody who's way more nefarious and taking you for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and since they are still fighting in the autonomous Phantom Zone, Piccolo gets a. Uh, pummeled down into a pit when that uh, other form decides to uh, come come around. And uh, actually, you know what? Let me pull something up really quick because I ha- know exactly 
what I can use to describe that form. Because when Piccolo comes back up, uh, let's just say it's basically... Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Doing this live. It's basically this. Piccolo becomes Brock Lesnar. Oh my god. It's wonderfully stupid. He gets a big fucking neck. And I kind of... It, it's a very small thing. I like the fact that they kind of adjust his Namekian antenna to looking like devil horns. Yeah, like it, it's clear they're it's clear what they're going for with Piccolo's design is the red oni, which is not a bad aesthetic, but I almost question why they they went with orange instead of red, and then are just calling it orange Piccolo. <laughs> like, okay, sure, it it, lo- it looked pretty all right. It looked a little goofy, but. Not the goofiest. Anyways, um, uh, Carmine pulls a gun on Pan at some point, and Pan knocks him the fuck out. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. brings us to our face turn for the Gammas, which was very, very appreciated. They're they're good Gamma boys. Yeah, and of course. Uh, by this point, he and Magenta are uh, running off, which leaves Hedo going. Oh, these two. I'm going to get them. So, one of the most interesting things getting to see in this movie, which was kind of weird, was to effectively see a scrub fight in Dragon Ball. Just literally a scrub fight between a guy who does science and is cosplaying like a fucking dork. (laughs) And then a mobster man who decided to give himself buff pecs that are robotic pecs. (laughs) And and a lot of this relates to information that if you weren't paying attention to at the start of the movie, you might have forgotten. Because Magenta pulls out a gun and shoots Hedo. But as it turns out... Yeah, cold I was, cocked I was genuinely shocked. I was like, did, did you just fucking cap this dude? Yeah, but as it turns out, as was established early on, Hedo has a bit of a skin I- injection thing that basically makes him impervious to bullets. It's kind of a god mod thing, but, you know, whatever. Kind of a god mod thing, but also it's Dragon Ball. We have basic... There are, yes. there are, there are many a god, and none of them give a shit. Yeah. Also, to note, Hedo also has a mechanized killer bee, which, uh, one sting and you're dead. Even if you have cybernetic parts or whatever, if it stings you once, you're dead. So he does that on, on Karma, on Magenta, Magenta, and he's fucking down. He is straight up dead. And, and just at the very last moment of his life, he slams down on what I'm going to call the activate cell max button. Which gives to a fantastic uh, soundbite from the trailer from Zach Aguilar. Mm-hmm. My voice is shot. I'm not going to say it out loud. Anyways, yeah, he Zach's good at screaming. He does a pretty good scream. And then, yeah, 
Cell Max is unleashed after Bulma brings the cavalry. Oh, uh, yeah. We get the, uh, the the mightiest warriors on Earth who are available. So it's basically Bulma going, okay, everyone, this is 18 and her husband Krillin, and this is my son Trunks and his boyfriend Goten. So <laughs> I need to call out one thing about this movie in that it's like, hey, Goten and Trunks were allowed to age. And oh, then yeah. there was a line about, oh, wow, they look different. It's like, oh, yeah, as it turns out, Saiyans age slowly. Like, they change and age slowly, but when they do finally age, it's a rapid growth spurt. And I'm like, <laughs> shut <laughs> up! Shut up! Uh, yeah. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a really dumb retcon. It's also not even consistent because, I mean, uh, that doesn't explain Gohan. You don't even need uh. to, of course it's bullshit. Gohan actually ages like, like he's fucking. Somewhat normally. Yeah, he's like a fucking, he looks different when he is like five compared to when he is 11. Yeah. And in Super Goten and Trunks were 13, and they looked like they were 8. So Did I we mention that, that uh, line of dialogue that somebody uh, was like, oh, Saiyans are really short? They're not. Or that's exactly yeah. what I am talking about right now. I was. That's what I'm talking about, and I'm like, shut the fuck up! You're so full of uh, shit! Yeah, uh, this is literally, literally just because I imagine somebody toy was just too lazy to come up with like tween trunks and go to designs. They literally, they literally just had to come up with excuse why they now look different. This has been and one of the most inconsistent things in the entire franchise, and the fact that it took them twenty six years to give this kind of explanation, it is just. Oh uh, my god! I just realized something. You know what I just realized? So. You know what their explanation for Saiyan aging is? It's the same explanation as the alien race in Planet With. I think I know what you're going for, but you're going to have to explain it more. The main character's literal thing is that they have a. that they take puberty starts later but when it starts they have a pretty distinct growth spurt That's, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah that was a thing it's literally the same thing because like in the whole show he's kind of like a short stack and he's 14 but then a few years pass near the end and it's like oh he's actually like pretty tall now as we close out the uh, penultimate act of the movie there's something we all need to realize about Gohan this guy is blind as a bat. Either get him some contacts or some LASIK or something. Saiyans are not allowed to wear contacts. Then LASIK it is. But yeah, no sense of being for you, not until you get your eyes fixed. God. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, to which, uh, I knew it was a throwaway line, but the whole, like, oh, man, does become a super saiyan, correct your eyes, and also just kind of an, uh, was like, uh, that was yeah. a pretty funny line. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Hello has come back with dire news. 
Cell Max has been activated, and Cell Max, freaking three-step monster movie level final boss. They they literally turn like this is not Resurrection C. No, this is no. straight up. They turned Cell into Harudagarn. Yeah, to which um, I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but there's apparently a funny story behind it that kind of explains why they went with this design for Cell. Uh, because uh, apparently, when uh, Toriyama was like originally writing the Cell arc, like he was actually a big fan of uh, Second Form and Perfect Cell, but his editors were not and wanted to use them more. Yeah, wanted to use it more, but his editors wanted him to speed along and get the Perfect Cell. Now this is him. Basically, this is him basically getting to have fun with it now. <laughs> yeah, that's why you give him the fucking filthy fish lips yeah. and the giant bug wings now. <laughs> and so, as we head into Act Three, there's a very, very clear modus operandi in place. Everyone, do everything you can to take this monster down, including the Gammas, who uh, really come into their own during this final act. Man. Also, he has a very clear weak spot in his head. Like, yeah. this, they he built a contingency where it's like his head is actually his weak point. Yeah. So slam into it as much as he can. Yes. With... To note, Krillin uh, stays behind while uh, 18 Goten and Trunks uh, join in the fight because... Uh, I'm... Well, um... Glad... Okay, I'm actually glad they correct that later on because I was going to be really pissed if they yeah, went for they the... Yeah, they do uh, give him stuff to do, but we're not... We're gonna get there. Yeah, it was a little annoying. They went for the oh, where they were like oh, and it's like really. It's like, yeah, it's like I, I can't. I mean, I'm not really a fan of how they do that with Yamcha constantly either. But doing that with Krillin is just kind of like it's like come on. <laughs> and then they realized halfway through, it's like okay, we just need to make sure Bulma and Pan are safe in the air. Now I can go do the fight. Yeah. Which I, so, then I was like, okay, now we're fine. If that was the whole movie, I would have been pissed. Yeah. So as, as the fight goes on, we get the first shot to the head and it's uh, not very effective. Sorry, Piccolo. <clears throat> and it, But uh, this basically triggers Cell going into Berserk mode, which beams of evil energy are just spewing everywhere. And Krillin gives an order to Pan, you have to fly! And she does, which was which was very cute and a good little pay payoff. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure where to organically throw this in, so I'm just gonna say this right now. This is the worst part of the movie. Yeah, it takes a while to build up to the really good part. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the climax of this whole thing is really good, but everything leading up to it is kind of bland, including. The failed fusion gag. Uh, okay, it gets one point from me. It gets one point from me in that it actually gets a hit, and I liked the the ricochet bouncing him off yeah. to throw him into the weak point. I liked that. True. So, but, 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 doing, but, 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 but teasing teenage Gotenks... And then just doing the fat gag again? Fuck you! Yeah. I was just praising your comedy! I will pass it over to Scott Steiner for some comments on this. Threats are part of wrestling, you know? But you gotta look at the person that's making the threats. 
This fat son of a bitch is challenging all of us. Has been world champions before. Been in this business 15, 20 years. And this fat son of a bitch is going to challenge us all out. Just going to calm down, calm down, okay? It was very, it was kind of like one of those ugh kind of things. Yeah. But also, I I do appreciate they had the genuine terror in 18 where it's like, oh, God, there's another cell? There's more androids? It's like, man, we just threw her in and now she's having trauma again. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Shot number two, it does crack the head, which kind of warrants the whole gag, I guess. <laughs> And then the actual effective chaser. Yes, Gamma 2 preparing his heroic sacrifice. Which, god fucking damn, can Zeno Robinson fucking scream? And that was a pretty baller-ass uh, kamikaze bombing. Unfortunately, as Thanos once said, should have gone for the head. He got the arm instead. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, if the man was going to get his one chance of Dragon Ball, he really went for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Black, he really went for it. Yeah. Krillin does come back and they get a few good moments during this whole thing as well. And, uh, well, the pe- best one. Yeah. Well, the best. Well, of- uh, I'm not there yet, Andrew. Okay. Yeah, while uh, Piccolo is going in for the save, Krillin comes in, get big, like you did the World Martial Arts Tournament, with Piccolo going, oh yeah, I forgot I could do that. Jet, I'm so glad you finished Dragon Ball just before you saw this movie for that. Yeah, I literally saw Giant Piccolo like maybe a week before I saw the movie. So that was fresh in my mind. I was like, wow, they really went for that. (laughs) They literally never, like, forgot to do that. Which I'm gonna say, Big Kaiju Piccolo Oni actually makes the design work a lot better. And it was kind of awesome seeing him, uh, do a fucking Kaiju battle with Cell. That was that was actually pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Of course, it, it's all a bluff tactic in the end, since he doesn't get that much stronger. It's just, he's big now, but the strength is still kind of the same, you know. As long as you do all the algebraic equations in your head to figure out, you know, mass and gravity and exertion and all that other kind of stuff. I'm not going to talk about that right now. (laughs) But yeah, um, Piccolo does one other thing to Gohan. Here, take this bean and charge up until you see an opening. Then go all out. If I'm getting my ass kicked, don't worry. I can take it. Do what you gotta and do. And it takes a little while longer than he would have hoped, unfortunately, with everyone else getting involved. He, uh, fat Gotenks and Krillin and 18 and Piccolo getting his arm chopped off and swung up in the air and held up by this giant movie monster. But then, at the sight of Piccolo, presumed to be freaking dead. <laughs> He gets Namek'd. No, not no, he does get Namek'd. He gets Nappa'd. Yeah. But, uh, upon seeing that, Gohan snaps. Big bellowing scream when he emerges. Silver hair, red eyes. This is Beast Gohan. 
Uh, no, it's no, it's not. It's not Beast Gohan. It's not Final Gohan. They made Gohan Blanco real. That, yeah, and I don't know how to feel about that transformation. Like the, yeah, like the, like the hair looks really weird. How, how do you feel about that, Alex? As I said in my letterbox piece on the movie, they made Gohan into the Dilf himbo I always knew he could be. The uh, the design reminded me just a little bit of uh, Dragon Ball AF design. <laughs> let me, let okay. Me, let, me, let me tell you a little something about me and why I am uh, the persuasion I am. It's not a long story. I'll keep it very short. The gist of it is... When I was seven years old, I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and Tenshi Muyo back-to-back. And when I was 17 years old, something in my head clicked where I went, you know, those characters are kind of hot. Guess which show I'm talking about. Nope, wrong answer, trick question. The Toonami robot? Joe, go to the corner. (laughs) (laughs) This is all I ever wanted because, uh... Gohan has been not handled super great in the last uh, couple years, save for a few moments in uh, the later end of Super, lest we forget the uh, green tracksuit incident. So for him to be crafted in this form as a god slayer, that's all I ever wanted. Because when Cell Max, this giant movie monster monster, throws a punch... Gohan, in this form, just shrugs it off and goes, <clears throat> Is that all you've got? Oh, that's all I ever wanted. Fair enough. This is the embodiment of that one line from Dragon Ball Z Abridged. The line of, <clears throat> I'm gonna skull fuck you. That's all I ever wanted. So... Can I take a second to talk to you about Spanish Dragon Ball memes? All right. Okay. The reason I say Gohan Blanco is because literally there was a meme going around in the Spanish Dragon Ball fandom, partially sparked by when he got back Mystic Gohan form in Super for a brief moment, he he turns white. So people, he says his hair looked white briefly. So they said, oh, he, he could secretly transform into Gohan Blanco, which prompted basically a whole troll power level ranking thing where they're like, at the bottom, it's Ultra Instinct Goku. <clears throat> then above that, Blue Vegito. Above that, Golden Frieza. Above that... Beerus, or as he called, all of them have funny names like Grandma Goku, Vegito, Azul, Emperor, I do what Beerus tells me, Frieza, Lord Pudding Cups, and then base, above Beerus, base form Chadhan, above that is Zeno, above that is Sun Gohan Ultimate Mystico Perfecto, Above that is, I don't remember what the name is. It's like the top angel played by Josh Greeley. El Grande Padre, who has a power level of infinity. And then above that, 
Gohan El Diablo Blanco, whose power level is infinity plus one. <laughs> there is a whole... I'm not going to go through the whole saga of this, but if you want to have some fun tonight, just look up the Gohan Blanco know your meme thing. It's, it's fucking delightful. So people... This has been, like, going around for a while. There's fan comics. There's, like, their own fan fiction stuff. There is El Shaggy Blanco, in case you were curious. Oh, God. There is... There is a copy-paste, which is fucking... Gohan Blanco is the savior, the hope, and the hero of justice who will defeat Jiren the Great. It is his true destiny to not only transcend Goku, but to transcend all of Dragon Ball itself and to live among the gods. Goku uses God of Destruction power, but Gohan uses angelic powers. After he defeats El Grande Padre by using the power of the angels, his divine light will shine on all the victims of El Grande Padre's evil. Gohan is the light that cries out in the darkness, the true, loyal, awful, and good. And this was a reply to somebody seeing all this and going, who the fuck is Gohan Blanco? Is this a Mexican meme? And that was the response he was given. Look, all I know is in, at the 40X theater screening I went to where it was very, a very rowdy crowd, when that site emerged, uproarious applause. It was pretty cool. I'm not going to de- de- deny. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like I knew there, like I knew could be like okay, there's probably gonna be some go transformation, but I was gonna be like okay, he'll go like super save god or something. Now, 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 look, we we can all be super analytical critiquers on the internet talking about this, but I'll, look, I'll just lay it down here. Seeing that in the theater, I was seven years old again. I don't care. <laughs> See. Alex, I don't want you to get the impression that I am being cynical about this. I, I'll be, I'll say this. I, I, do, I think the transformation is a bit silly, and I think the hair is definitely just Super Saiyan 2 go on hair, but white and way too big, and I think that's a little silly and ridiculous. But I am not the cold, cynical, ant Dragon Ball hater you think I am right now, because <laughs> motherfucker... motherfucker if you're gonna do anything if you're gonna get me you're gonna do the thing that they did to cap this movie which was Gohan finishing this with a special beam cannon and suddenly it wasn't the transformation that did me in it was seeing him charging the special beam cannon was when suddenly oh there's the kid again there's the kid with the Dragon Ball toys in both of his hands, shaking his fist, going, yeah, 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 not even upset. That's fucking dope. And he does it, and he gets the kill, and it's like, oh, that's so good. <laughs> All my notes say, Verbatim, all caps. Fuck yeah! That smirk. The kill shot. Perfection. Yes! That's all I That's all I wrote down. That's all I could write down. <laughs> oh, man. So good. So good. I don't feel like I had any major <laughs> qualms about this movie in general, to be quite honest. <clears throat> I have some issues... Uh, we're almost done, but if you want my personal opinion, 
of the new Dragon Ball era of movies. The pecking order to me is as follows. Broly is top tier. I would say Battle of Gods and Superhero are next to it and about equal. And then below that is Resurrection F. Yeah, I, 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 would, I, would put, yeah, I would put Resurrection F way, way into corner. Re- Resurrection F is a movie that gets worse with time. Yeah, it's not good. I think it's also that movie why people assumed Dragon Ball CG was something to fear, because the, the CG in that one was jank. Uh, the, the, yeah, the, yeah, I mean, I remember that movie, like, to go ahead and maybe go from, like, oh, hey, you know, new Dragon Ball material to be, could be fun, to uh, maybe we don't need any more new Dragon Ball material for a while. And then we got a lot more. Thankfully, they rebounded in the form of the last two movies. But uh, yeah, that is your that is your climax of the movie, which leads us into our cool down denouement. Which uh, poor one out for Gamma Two. He sacrificed himself for the greater good. He was a true superhero in the end. Rip, rip, rest in peace, Gamma Two. He got uh, fucking real one. He got Thanos snapped out of existence. God, he really did. Um, but yeah, so after that technique, Piccolo's like, wait, hang on. I never even taught you that. And it's like, yeah, I, uh, kind of been practicing it in secret behind <laughs> your back. <sighs> and then, and then he doesn't even like, he doesn't even go Sundere. It needs work. He's like, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Which like, yeah, that's how much he's growing. It's great. In regards to the ongoing conversation of what Gohan should be, scholar or fighter, this movie proves he can, in fact, be both. When needed, he can be both. I think it's just a level of, like... I think I want him to like fighting more than they sometimes make him do, but he, I, I like that they are finding that, yeah, he can be both. Mm-hmm. Which, which I appreciate. And, of course, Bulma comes in and sees that Hedo's not a bad guy. And you know what? I can't always summon a dragon to make myself the hottest, finest milf with, that money can buy. Uh. I could, in fact, use science to make me the finest, hottest milf money can buy. So I hear you do some shit to make your skin all silky smooth and durable. Um, you want a job? You can get a bodyguard with your gamma up there, and I can give you a job. Let's trade some secrets. I scratch your back, you scratch mine, and then I'm gonna be the finest bitch in the universe. <laughs> yeah, to which, uh, to which, uh, congrats to Zach Aguilar and Alexis Lee for having more job security. Yeah, uh, Zach and Alex got job security for Dragon Ball if they if they do stuff with them in the future. Yeah, let's hope they do. And yeah, and to get our celebration, we get Pan flying all around, just taking in a fantastic. You know, it's uh, a it's a kind of cheesy CG shot. It, it, the yeah, fucking, yeah, yeah, but still, the kick in the balls to me was oh they do they do the actual fusion at the end there and you don't get to see it. Uh, But, so that's 
Dragon Ball Actually, Super not Hero. quite. Oh, Couple yeah. More things. First, if you stick around through the credits, you'll see some sketches, which involves Videl going, What happened to my house? Oh, I was wondering what that was. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> and then there is a post-credit scene, because during all of that, this is all taking place in like a day, by the way. During all of that, Goku and Vegeta are still in the middle of their fight. They're tired, they're worn out, they're exhausted. They give each other like one last super weak punch, and Goku falls first. That's such a good way to end Vegeta this. finally beats Goku after all these years. In a fair fight, he finally gets that fucking win. And he's very happy. And Goku's like, you know what? That was a pretty good fight. And then everybody, and like Beerus is like, oh, what? Oh. Oh. Is he still going? Oh, okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, Broly and Limo are just... No, oh, wait, no, 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 wait, 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 no, it's, it's Chi-Li going, oh my god, that was so dumb. God, they're so fucking dumb, right, guys? And then Limo and Broly are in absolute tears, moved by the sheer display of combat prowess, and she's just like, oh my fucking god, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Which is such a good punchline. <laughs> and then we get that phone call between Bulma and Whis, basically ends with Whis going, oh jeez, what did I miss during all this? And <sighs> that was good. That was a good way to end it. I had way more fun with this movie than I really was expecting to because it feels like somebody took the chance to make this a character driven movie without Goku or Vegeta at the the helm yeah it's, yeah. to which I was telling this to Andrew as we got out of the theater but this really felt like someone at Toei wanted to make some kind of 3D CG tech demo and then some executive said okay but it has to be Dragon Ball so. Which, which after between this and I, I feel like Broly was the real test for this. Where Broly was the tech demo for that specific visual style that would get adopted by One Piece's Wano arc and uh, Dragon Quest Adventure of Die. So this movie, whatever project is coming, there is a future Toei TV anime coming that is going to look like Superhero does. And that's actually pretty exciting. Yeah. Can it be the new Zatch Bell anime? I would not be opposed to that. <laughs> you know who's yeah, I, I, I would not be opposed to that. <sighs> I, I kind of would like to see Zatch Bell, because this movie's got some fun comedy stuff, and I actually think it, this, would, this would work well with that. Oh, shit, I'm selling myself on this. I want it now. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's the movie. It's not a groundbreaking movie in terms of, like, story or direction, but it's still a fun movie. For a Dragon Ball movie, this is very fresh. And as far as, like, fan service, this is the most the Dragon Ball side of the fandom has gotten, has been eating, and fucking good on them. 
And of course, just making this a Piccolo movie, absolutely inspired choice. I love it. I love his relationship with Pan. I love his domesticated lifestyle. I love that he is able to to sneak into an enemy base and manage to not break character. I love that he is on a first name basis with Pan's teacher. I love the fact that he is doing a thing with Pan to fake her being in distress to get Gohan to tap into his power. I love everything they did to Piccolo. It is... It is the best it's ever been. Mm. And I, I... What just inspired i i really enjoyed this it's not perfect it's got its flaws it's got it's kind of bullshit and i think the third act is kind of a weak the world is in danger we have to beat the bad guy and do a dramatic form but fuck it i had a fun time with this movie yeah to yeah to which yeah to which you know this got me thinking they will never like they will probably never do it even though it would be hilarious but like i'm just gonna get wondering so uh what are we gonna do up to movie Lit- okay, we're gonna get that Yamcha movie when they do the Yamcha Isekai. <laughs> I have that book somewhere. I uh, also have that book. Uh, yeah, movie, very good movie. Uh, story, like I said, not groundbreaking but fun. The music, it, it, the music is okay. You hear that motif over and over again. It gets kind of old, but whatever. The the music is a major step down. From the fucking um, span the fucking Mexican football game and the tight like the title fight announcer stuff of Broly, <laughs> Yeah, there's that. Go, Broly, go, Broly. Yeah. Oh, of course, yeah, definitely step out. Of course, that. the animation being what I call 2D CG, it's getting there. It's getting there. I actually, yeah, no, I, I'm fucking, I'm sold. Toei, get me a Zatch Bell anime with this style. I want it. Yeah. Give it to me. And in terms of the actual rollout here where we live, $21 million opening weekend, number one movie. Why is Hollywood still surprised that anime movies make money? Hmm. It's always something about, this is unexpected. This shattered expectations. Guys, there's a track record here. The people in charge of the entertainment industry are the most dead, stupid motherfuckers. Just because they're in charge and have money doesn't actually mean they understand good business. As has been seen from everything this week. Ugh. I was lucky enough to find to actually get to finish close enough, like the day Jet came over, because everything else was removed except for that. So I just did all of season three in one day. Yeah. What a what a good show. Fucking it's it's all fucking blows. Anyways, I'm not ending on down note. This movie was fun. This is the best Piccolo has ever been, and I'm uh, yeah. just. If you have not seen it, or if you want to see it again, uh, go go see it. It's probably going to be in theaters for a little while, like uh, other movies that sort of come and go a little too fast for their own good. And it'll probably be on home video shortly after that. Uh, maybe not shortly. Pro- probably, I'd say probably not until next spring, considering various reasons. We'll see. 
Anyways, uh, good talk, guys. Good yes. Talk. Yes, and that is our movie talk for a very fun movie indeed. And that's it for this show. We will come back to you not too far from now with uh, more regular shows coming your way and I'm sure more movie shows coming your way. There's always something coming out. It's like, uh, well, in terms of re-releases, I hear a silent voice is coming back to theaters in October. I've seen that movie several times, but fuck it, it's still incredible. Maybe we'll talk about that next time when we do one of these shows. Or we could all go see Bleach Helvers. <laughs> now, why would we want to do that? <laughs> because they decided they're going to re-release it in theaters for no reason. Uh, I mean, look, there are Bleach fans who want to do that, but... No. 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 <laughs> the, if I'm going to see any anime movie in theaters next, it's going to be Goodbye Don Gleeds. Oh, yeah, that too. And I'm sure One Piece Film Red is coming out any months now. I I think they're dubbing the songs, and the, that's probably what's taking it so long. Yeah. I'd say probably late fall, early winter. For sure. Yeah. Anyways, I'm tired. I, yeah, I that, that'll do it for this Movie Night Edition podcast. I want to thank y'all for listening. Go see the movie uh, multiple times if you feel like it. That'll do it for us. I'm seeing it again tomorrow. There you Have go. Fun. There you go. So, yeah, until then, uh, no funny outro. Just be well, stay safe, good night. Bye bye. Gohan Blanco is real! Hell is real 2401, guys! <laughs>